I am going to get some water. Would you like anything? Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, just a little water would be great. Would you like a beer? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, I'm gonna get a beer. Go for it. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's five o'clock here. No, it's six o'clock. Okay. Hello, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, through the internet, it's Catherine Gogert. Hey, Tim, good to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you here. I'm glad we were doing this. I'm glad, too. We're finally doing this. We're... We've been talking about doing it for years, but finally, it's, we're doing it's it. It's just one of those things, you know, it's always on your list. It's like, yeah, <laughs> do, yeah. that, do that 134th podcast episode. And I mean, just for years and years, we feel like, ah, I'm going to round to it, and then... And it just gets put in a box in the back of the garage, the podcast yep. episode yep. framework. Yep. And then uh, we finally got it out. We got the old girl out, you know, during spring cleaning. We said, oh. Dusted her off. Yeah. They said, do you remember this? Remember this thing? And uh, <laughs> I said, yes. And then we had then a, we a, a fit of nostalgia. Sat down. Yep. And, and <laughs> now we're doing it. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. we did it. Great. Great. Let's call it a day. Oh, boy. I'm so glad we knocked that out of the way. <laughs> finally. All right, so now that we're done with that, let's talk about our topic for this week. Our topic being cursors, uh, pointy things, etc. Yes, yeah. All right, Catherine, define for me a cursor. Uh, it is a marker to indicate um, for a user the status or position of... Um, an interaction point. Okay, Does good. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I think the flashcards really helped. I'm glad that we <laughs> memorized this. Okay. Now, what's mitosis? Um, yeah, so, I mean, basically, it's, 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 so, the easiest place to start, like all discussions of cursors, we must begin at the beginning of cursors, uh, which is the Latin root, uh, which is that it, um, translates from, uh, runner or to run or, you know, I don't know. To I don't runner. know how to conjugate yeah. Latin. Yeah, okay. Um, um and the reason it's a runner, uh, you could kind of say like, well, it moves around or whatever. Sure, it's kind of a jaunty jog or something. That's what the mouse cursor does. It's a, yeah. a jaunty article on your screen. <laughs> Hello, I'm just passing through. Especially if you get one of those specialty cursors. Uh, yeah. Well, more on that later. Yeah. Uh, a jogging one. <laughs> and pointing. He's jogging while pointing. Uh, if he gets, if you move the mouse around too much, he gets tired and then the mouse won't move as quickly. Aww. Oh. Um, but so where it comes from is slide rolls. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I did know that. Yes. Mm. So the gist of it is if, uh, for, th for the benefit of all those in the world who did not know that, unlike yourself, um, it's, uh, what in a slide rule you have to slide two things in order to uh, do some math essentially right so whatever you multiply or you're trying to get the log of log base 10 of six or something and so you slide yeah. it you line them up but then you need to read numbers across uh multiple sticks that you just slid over each other and so for that you can use a runner or a cursor that is a clear piece of plastic that you can slide over the top of it to help you uh line up I mean I don't think it was plastic in Roman times um well you never know I mean they had some I don't know. Uh, I think we do know that it wasn't plastic. Well, I mean, maybe. Okay. Fine. You got me this time, Catherine. 
<laughs> Sorry to ruin your fantasy of plastic <sighs> and Roman times. God, I have the lamest fantasies, but I'm so dedicated to them. <laughs> it's just super important. I had, I had this entire alternate history beat out. What if the Romans had access to plastic and plastic molding technologies? You know what? I really respect your de- dedication to the mundane. In the fifth novel, they discover low-density polyethylene. <laughs> oh my god, I would never read that ever in a million years. <laughs> no, if if I found a book titled The Romans Discover Low-Density Polyethylene in a library, I would steal it immediately. It would become the most important <laughs> object that I own. Yeah, but... Uh, I might never I mean, read it. Would... Okay. It would it would be a lot like all my other uh, books that we talked about in the bookshelf series. Um, oh, that was just one episode, but I wanted to talk about it so much it felt like a series. I know. Um, I know. But yeah, it, it would be really important to you, it, which is good. It's good to have. It's good to have interests. What a display piece, Catherine! <laughs> I cannot imagine wanting to show anyone anything else other than this Romans discovering low density polyethylene book that I had. We would never open it. It would certainly be rare because no one would read it, so it would never get published. So it would definitely be a rare piece of literature. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I could print it a few times, I guess. This is kind of publishing. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but like logistically, like how many are you actually going to print? It's going to be a pretty rare book. I don't know. I mean, at work, I could, you know, they won't, they won't notice that I'm using all their copy paper and toner to print my stupid book for probably a few months so if i print one a day for a few months i'll get a hundred or two out okay okay well that's good yeah i'm glad that you know your limits that's really important you gotta have scope you gotta have scope on your alternate history roman times you gotta have faith yep like george michael taught us (laughs) so cursors that just just like the ancient vesuvians used in um calculating the days until vesuvius erupts uh, Pompeians, that's what I meant. Um, Pom- Pompeiites? I think they're uh, just called Pompus, right? Pomps. Pomps, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a derogatory term, actually. You shouldn't you say that. Ouch. Well, luckily they're all dead, so they can't get offended. Rough. Uh, <laughs> as we mock the Pomps with impunity. Man, so there was a Pompeii exhibit at the Science Center recently that I went to go see. Uh-huh. They had a few of the the Pompeii statues on loan from a fancier museum. Wait, so when you say statues, you mean like people frozen in time? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Go on. What, what what am I supposed to call them? I don't know. I really don't. Oh, okay. Um. So, yeah, they were pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> now you're... If I'm honest, like they they kind of yeah they were people shaped, but like I don't know. Body shaming runs deep same... with you, Catherine. What shaming? Body shaming runs very deep with you. I said they were people shaped. <laughs> what if I said that about you? <laughs> like, like uh, on your your wondrous upcoming wedding day, you know, the most the happiest day of your life. <laughs> you're like you're all all made up. You spent days on it, and you just you come out and and uh, and uh, and Grant looks at you and he goes, "Very people shaped." Well, except the bottom. It kind of pillows out. See, it's that that's the part that I would be offended by. <laughs> well, it's a dress. That's what dresses do. <laughs> oh, I get it. I yeah. thought you were calling my my hips too large or something. Or that you were calling me a thunder thighs. 
Uh, ankles. That's the bottom bottom. I don't have cankles. Noting. All right. Noting. Cursors. Yes, on your list of Catherine facts, yeah. does not have cankles. Uh, well, we're going to get to your episode one of these days. I'm just collecting enough notes. <laughs> Catherine's episode 2,463. <laughs> okay. I'm holding you to that. 2,463. <laughs> okay. We have to do me. All right. Uh, listeners, please write in and remind us uh, as that approaches. <laughs> so, right. So the cursor comes from uh, the ancient slide rule of the uh, the ancient tribes and the ancient gods, all using slide rules to figure out uh, how to do logarithms. And from that, I guess we just, because engineers are engineers, they just used the thing that was familiar to them, right? When they were coming up with graphical user interfaces. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, yeah, that absolutely has to be it. But I guess I guess the people who designed cursors did a lot of math for sure. So yeah, they would use slide rules. Okay, so yeah, this this tracks. I buy this. Yeah, I picture a lot of you know like nineteen fifties engineers types, pocket protectors, slide rules, uh, thick glasses, all those things. Mm-hmm. And so you draw from there. Yeah. So this is a so so once we take it out of the physical world of uh, the exciting. <laughs> exciting uh, open world of slide roll math um and we bring it into computers it actually splits out the two kinds of cursors right so there's the text input cursor the canonical cursor and then there's the mouse input cursor or pointer which would you like to tackle first um mouse pointer oh you're into the shore uh, <laughs> <laughs> i love how you were like ah nope never mind backtracking yeah i felt like i was i was intrigued and then i was like ah, not really um i like that honesty yeah i mean what can i tell you so uh the mouse pointers are part of the wimp system which is stands for windows icons something begins with m and pointers (laughs) that's funny uh m is menus so it's a way to think about uh interacting with a computer that basically yeah involves around those things I just said. Um, you don't think that was a reverse engineered acronym, do you? I don't know. Um, yeah, no, probably a little. Uh, a back, ac- back acronym, as we say. Oh, uh, is that is that what you say? Well, so the term was coined by Merzuga Wilberts in 1980. Um, and then other times you substitute... Uh, it seems like you, you play around with the M and the P. You can use a pull-down menu for the P... Or mouse for the M, you know, just mix and match, kind of do what feels right. Keep it flexible, keep it fun and light, you know, as Mount Merzuga would have. um, As backronyms always are. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I I have a friend who has done work on a project uh, that is, they're studying uh, water off of the Amazon River Plume. plume. Mm -hmm. And the acronym for the project is Anacondas. Ah, uh, charming. And I do not remember what that stands for, but it is the worst acronym. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mean like reverse engine, worst reverse engineered acronym? Yeah, it's backronym, right? You've that you've heard that phrase, backronym. Yeah, okay. we were just ta- I I just heard it just now. Oh, um, I learned this this week that Weeblos is a is an acronym, and I immediately told you about it. Oh right, remember what it stood for? We'll be loyal scouts. We'll be loyal scouts. Is it still an acronym if it's not first letters? If it's like, cause we'll be loyal scouts so. uses. Okay. 
let's let's look let's look into this really quickly. Um, <laughs> All right. <but> meanwhile, <laughs> in the meantime, so the WIMP system is a fine system that we've become very used to, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what else about it. Um, it's 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 so ingrained, <laughs> right? That it's like it's sort of hard to picture. Like, of course, there are other ways to interact with computers, but like as far as the kind of like Windows or Mac OS like setup. I don't know. We just—it's it's hard to imagine a different way of interacting. Like, yes, you can kind of do command line where it's just a blinker and you type stuff. Um, and then I guess you get into video games where it's like in a first-person shooter or something, or even like a like a platformer or whatever. Like, you don't have a cursor necessarily. You press buttons and it makes stuff happen, but in a different yeah, way. Yeah, or than... maybe you have like a joystick that moves you from selection point to selection point. Right. So that's actually. Um, that is one way to eschew, uh, using a pointer is you just use very clear focus points. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you were, when you click in a window, it changes color, right? Um, yes. So instead of using a cursor to show you where your, your point of focus ought to be, whether that's the mouse or the blinking line, um, you just use, you know, a very clear focus state. So as you press, you know, right or left on your mobile phone or you push left mm-hmm. or right on your joystick as you're typing in uh, your name on your Pac-Man high score, um, it, it makes it extra clear. It like boldens the thing you're looking at or, it, you know, blinks a letter as you're filling out the name. So yeah, that is one way to avoid using the WIMP system, I guess. <laughs> Which I guess you want to because, like, wait, what's going on there with that naming? So if we if we take as red, it's a backronym, <laughs> right? Then they're just okay. like, well, I don't feel good about myself. It's a it's a wimpy system. That's too bad. I mean, it's like it has to be a backronym because, like, it's so easy to come up with some other letter yeah. that it's no longer wimp. It's it's so easy, guys. I was I thinking maybe you could even rewrite them, but not really. Those particular Maybe letters are big pretty hard. Diary of a Wimpy Kid fans. Uh, that's almost definitely it. And, and time travelers, because this was in 1980. And time travels. Well, they are computer people. Right. So they probably have access to that sort of thing. Certainly. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> All right. By the way, I did look it up, and it's totally fair game to use the first part of a word in to order to make an acronym. I'm not sure how comfortable I am with that, but I will think on it. While we Listen, take a little break. Listen, this is the world we're living in. And get used to it. We're here. We're parts of words. Get used to it. I'm just gonna have to sit with it. That's all I'm saying. It's gonna take me a minute. We'll be right okay, back. I can respect that. On the Doom to Fail podcast. No seeing return. No seeing return. No seeing return to me and my and we're back making our peace with the various possible ways acronyms can be defined and talking about cursors on the doom to fail podcast so how are you feeling about the podcast so far i don't know i think it's going okay it's not our best for sure but i mean it's going all right how how do you feel about it yeah about the same i mean you know I guess I just like being able to spend time with the listeners and with you. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, it, when you make a series of moments, uh, not every moment can be the best moment. <laughs> this is my ad campaign for Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to be really successful. <laughs> no, it's I great. I think you should try the reverse of that. Like some moments are better than others and just have to be captured. Not like some moments aren't very good. <laughs> Celebrate the mediocre. Eastman Kodak. 
celebrate the middle of the road. I would I would say this is a plausible ad for uh, the first digital cameras after um, you know instead of film because you can take lots and lots of pictures of of the mediocre and then you can do the sifting later. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, there was no time for the middle of the road with only twenty seven exposures. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. What else would this be a good ad campaign for? Maybe like um, adult living complexes? Uh, you mean like um, uh, like senior living complexes or like people who are like, you know, 35? Yeah, like the, the divorcees complexes mm -hmm. where they're like, no kids. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, kind of like grown up apodmits. Do they have apodmits where you are? No, I have no idea what that is. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, apartments, I guess, are a Seattle thing where um, it's like eight apartments that have been shrunk down. And so everybody just shares a kitchen and they're they're really cheaply priced, but they're horrifying in their quality and oh. just, well, they're like micro apartments. Oh, yeah, we have micro yeah. apartments, but I guess I guess they all have like a little sink in them or something. So you don't have to share the kitchen. Interesting. Whenever I watch um, uh, like a Japanese anime where there's like a character with an apartment, I'm always like, oh, that does not seem healthy to live there. <laughs> because it's like, but, I mean, it's so small. That's the thing. Yeah, it's so small. It's like you roll up your bed every day and it's like you like they always seem to be making their dinner like while they're sitting on the floor like just on the cushion that is their bed and it just seems like a really unhealthy way to live but i guess there's like millions of people who are living like that well and also i think the roll up your fine. bed the roll up your bed every day i don't know if that's i think that's just kind of traditional in in some cultures right uh like it's just a different way to think about the bedroom is yeah no yeah. that's that's fine i guess it's just like having your eating space so close to your sleeping space and just not having them that separated. sounds like a dream. What are you talking about? I'm serious. Japanese apartments are extremely small. No, what, I, I, what I'm saying is that when I think of the best interior design for my apartment, it's how do I get like uh, a hose or a refrigerator like inside of my nightstand so that I can be dream eating as I go, right? I just want to get those two, get those two tasks together, both to save time and also to always be eating and time? sleeping. Like, what is this for to improve your enjoyment of the world or is it to save time so you can have more time to do, I don't know, errands like picking up light bulbs at the hardware store or what? I think really it is about uh, uh, dragging my, my experience of life into the great mediocre landscape of the world. I think it's, I think the, the whole point is to find a steady evenness at all times, feel neither highs nor lows. That seems like a profoundly unhappy perspective. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be solid. I can't wait. Okay, great. <laughs> so, cursors. Uh take oh, a look yeah. take a look at your mouse. Um if it's in its point if it's in its pointer phase, uh it is. it is at an angle, correct? Uh well, I mean the the left part of it is straight up and down and the right part is excuse me, maybe like a 45 degree angle. Right. The, and the arrow doesn't point exactly straight. In fact, it is exactly a 45 degree angle, most likely. Um, hey, I'm great at estimating angles. Hi. Uh, so that's one for the resume. Um, <laughs> so the reason for that is because so the actual hot spot of your cursor is the very tip. So there's like one pixel that is the place that will be clicked when you depress the button on your mouse. Um, 
but and old computers, it was pretty low resolution screens, and so they found that they could make a better arrow by making the left side perfectly vertical and the right side 45 degrees instead of the arrow pointing directly up, in which case they would have to be what, uh, uh I don't know, <laughs> a 45 degree difference, but they're all off, so whatever half of 45 is, I guess, um, from the straight line. So, okay, so that, that, yeah, that makes some intuitive sense to me because then you can kind of line up what you're trying to cook click on with the left straight side of your cursor. Yeah, no, I think it's a two for one, right? So it actually oh, was yeah. easier to display just with the technology at the time. But I think it's also mm -hmm. a little easier to understand as a uh, person in this world using computers. Yeah. But the cursor also changes shapes, doesn't it? It does. It's like a, a shapeshifter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's like, I don't know, I think this is where... We, we uh, this is like the 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 crux point of the whole design space, right? Like if you're thinking about human machine interaction, I think the the mouse pointer is is a huge part of it because it's it, the bridge, right? It's the bridge. It's finding ways to uh, give extra bits of information and make things really intuitive. Mm -hmm. Because um, I don't know if we've mentioned it explicitly, but but the whole idea is that a cursor. I think maybe this was in your definition. A cursor is the focal point, right? A cursor lets you know where you're looking. And I guess you don't really yeah. need that in real life. I'm like kind of like looking at things right now and deciding whether or you not know I'm where mentally you're looking. Yeah. 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 I don't think but I'm like, like your computer doesn't know where you're looking. Right. Exactly. And you don't know where you're looking um, on the mm. screen without a guide. A lot of times you don't know there, there is a disconnect between how you, you will interact with the screen and what you're looking at the screen. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to imagine something less. Then... Go ahead. It's interesting because I just um, I just recently was in a programming class, not like a serious programming class, like a, oh, it doesn't matter. Listen, it's boring. listen, don't, it's okay. <laughs> don't put down this programming class. It was for LabVIEW, which is the program that is commonly used to collect data from like an experiment. You were probably right about it being boring. I told you so. Why don't you ever listen to me? Anyway... <laughs> Um, you're not. The, but you're so boring. Why would I listen to you? <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> That's fine. I probably uh, deserve it. Yeah, no, because you keep interrupting me. I'm trying to tell you something semi-interesting here. <laughs> um, Another great tagline. So, and ahead. you keep interrupting me with boring questions. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. All right. That's, so that's our relationship. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead. And that was the last anyone ever heard from Tim. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the instructor uh, was talking about designing user interfaces. Um, and he brought up the point that, like, your user will be happiest when they have some immediate response, right? And the cursor gives whoever programmed your operating system, the opportunity to give you some immediate feedback when you click something, right? Because when you click something, your cursor can change, even if nothing else on the screen changes to let you know, like, okay, we're working on it. Don't worry. Yes. Like, like the ticking watch or the, uh, the, the time the beach turner ball. or the beach ball or the spinning spiral. It doesn't, it doesn't super look like a beach ball. Yeah. Well, you know, we do our really best. Bothers it, me. It's a resolution issue. <laughs> It doesn't. Oh, anyway, okay. It's not a. It can't be a resolution issue because it's it's a gradient. 
Um, so yeah, well, so I was thinking about that, uh, about, so if, if the cursor is a proxy for your, I, I guess it's, it's sort of a, uh, it, it's somewhere in between a proxy for your focus and a proxy for your actual manipulation of something. Mm-hmm. So it fills the role of both of like, if you imagine you're working on some mechanical part, it fills the bol- role of both of like which gear you're looking at and your ability to turn that gear left or right. And mm-hmm. you can imagine if you're working on this gear and you kind of like go to turn it and then your hands disappear because it's like waiting, waiting. <laughs> and like on the one hand, yes, this is, this is good design in that it signals to you. Yes. Got the message. I'll get right back to you. But on the other hand, it is just like, well, I, now I can't do anything. Now I'm just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. It, in many ways, it's like a, um, a rude awakening and reminder to the user that like, okay, this isn't real life. This is a, this is digital. This isn't really <laughs> happening. <laughs> Which is, I suppose, a good thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why I not? I think it's healthy. <laughs> Actually. Okay. So. so animated cursors are a thing right so you can get custom cursors you could perhaps get a real oh beach ball. yeah can you i was just trying to look for some rihanna cursors and so what one thing you could do is instead of um instead of a clock or a watch or a beach ball or whatever you could have the cursor change into a thing that says this isn't real life <laughs> and then go it, outside yeah and then it streams photos of your loved ones and they shrink. They they slowly disappear. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. And they're waving goodbye. It's a gif of them waving goodbye and getting smaller. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. No, come back. I... <laughs> it's not a surreal horror in uh, graphic <laughs> or in user dis- interface design. There could be. There should be more. I guess is what we're saying. Yeah, I wonder if there's a surreal horror pack you can download for Windows ninety eight or something. To replace all your animated cursors. Oh, there has to be. I bet. We could probably find one. But I would never, um, because animated cursors are the worst, though, right? Like, There was... Microsoft had this haunted, haunted house game that actually my mom absolutely loved. Really? Um, but it was a lot of cartoon surrealist horror. <laughs> Intriguing. But I don't know if yeah. I can still find it. The important thing, though, is, I mean, it has to be it has to be juxtaposed with the banality of working on a spreadsheet, I think. When you hit calculate, it has to go. Yeah. Yeah, it has yeah. to be like, you remember the quarry you found when you were 16 and the dead bodies? No. <laughs> That's in cell <laughs> B13. Yeah. <laughs> quarterly report, quarterly report. Horrifying reminder of repressed memory from youth. Quarterly report. Hashtag value. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why don't we come back in just a moment on the Do to Fail podcast and we will uh, talk about. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's like almost no time, but go ahead. Is it okay to say hashtag instead of pound sign now? I don't know. I don't care. Um, Okay. Okay. That's all. Oh, actually, uh, I guess not because I didn't totally get what you were saying. The, the, the pound sign value is the, yeah, got it. Okay. That's the error message in Excel. And I just thought okay. you were, I thought you were inserting hashtags into regular documents, you know, because it's pound a part of speech now. Pound sign value. Okay. okay. Great. I'm glad we, we fixed that. Settles it. Back in a moment on the Do to Fail podcast. No CMI. 
we're back on the Doom to Fail podcast talking about cursors. And one cursor brought into real life. An example of how focus can be brought into real life. You could have almost like a little dot or something uh, showing you where to look and, and what to do and helping you do that thing. Uh, is Cursor from the beloved 1982, or sorry, 1983 to 1984 ABC series Auto Man. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh, okay. Nope. Keep going, Tim. Keep going. That's trouble. I just have a bad feeling about where this is going. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure where it could be going. Um, no, this is just something I came across in Wikipedia researching uh, cursors because Auto Man is a hologram uh, crime fighter and uh, cursor is a sidekick, a floating, shifting polyhedron that can draw and generate physical objects as needed. So he shows focus and he uh, creates interactions and uh, a bunch of hand waving beyond that. The most common forms taken were a car, also known as the auto car, an airplane, and a helicopter, all of which could defy the laws of physics, which makes one question, why even bother with the shape? Just, you know, it could do whatever. Just make it a chair and auto can go yeah, wherever I think you want. This, this is a common complaint I hear with Green Lantern is like, why do you have to make... So that's like not super creative, Green Lantern. You can do anything you want, and you're making a helicopter. Come on! Right, but we always draw from. Again, I think it comes down to, to human interaction. What you know, the two important things when to consider are what can you physically do, and what will people respond well to. And I really feel that's like the true. hammer is it's just such so much more useful, both for the Green Lantern knowing how to use it, and for mm -hmm. uh, the enemy uh, cowering in fear as a hammer depends descends upon them. Or her. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, Auto Man is, is a computer program. So, I mean, computer programs aren't necessarily programmed with creativity. It's true. Although he is perfect in every way. Um, oh, boy. So, this Sounds opening... Sounds like some male superiority complex bullshit to me. This opening narration for this show, like, I was starting to wonder if Wikipedia was just, like, gaslighting me. Because there's no way this was on national <laughs> television. But apparently it was. Um, so, Catherine, would you like, let, would let you us, like to tell the story? Let us do a dramatic reading of the, okay. uh, Auto Man beginning. So there's a lot of cuts, uh, there's a bit of narration, we'll skip ahead a bit to, for some reason it randomly cuts into just a scene of the show in the opening narration. <laughs> I don't know, TV was apparently much worse, uh, some time ago. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, but basically, Auto Man is a three-dimensional uh, picture that has taken real form. He glows, and uh, he has a human head, uh, and he's played by Chuck Wagner. Um, and uh, so his creator was a policeman who is really good at computers, and so was then forced to stay in a computer room instead of uh, work on the streets. In fact, there is, is cage. There, there is a clip of the chief saying, Get back in your cage, boy! Now! Which, what? <laughs> so, That's a really terrible manager. <laughs> anywho, what follows is the scene that um, played at the beginning of every episode, somehow, uh, which is right after Walter creates Auto Man, and they begin to have a conversation. Would you like to play Auto Man, Catherine? <clears throat> I'd love to. Fantastic. The part, I, the part I was born to play. And I will play Walter. All right, here we go. You must be Walter Nebacher. How did you know that? It's on the programming you fed into my system. I must say, Walter, you're very good. Very good indeed. I look wonderful. Uh, if you do say so yourself. You programmed me to be honest. But tell me, why did you call me Automan? 
It means that you're the world's first truly automatic man. You can do anything because you're not real. Oh, but I am. I'm just as real as you are. Just different. And thanks to you, perfect. Well, nobody's perfect, Auto Man. That's not true, Walter. You programmed me to observe other people and do what they can do as well as they can do it. Jimmy Connors playing tennis. John Travolta dancing. In fact, on a scale of 1 to 10, think of me as an 11. Uh, I've created a monster. No, uh, what Walter really created was a wonderful force for good. Auto Man. That's me. And scene. And so in, in as much as we wasted a bunch of podcast time on that... <laughs> How much television time was wasted on that? <laughs> Every episode. I Every single episode. I love also that the, the the opening narration is pretty uh pretty ambiguous about the actual goodness of Auto Man. It's like it's clear he's kind of like conceited, but like, you know, at the end of it, Auto Man's like, no, no, it was awesome. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't know. Is he like an unreliable narrator? Or oh, I like that. I wonder if this is where um, Spinal Tap got their turn it up to 11 joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think he's a detestable person. Non-person, I should say. Yeah, no, he's he's not real. But he does <laughs> dance as well as John Travolta. Oh, but I am. <laughs> oh, no, I've created a monster. Auto Man. <laughs> and your sidekick, Cursor. <laughs> Good lord. So the sidekick, yeah, the cursor or the cursor was the annoying sidekick? Yeah, I think it was just a floating polyhedron. Oh, why? <laughs> Which, what, what do you take particular offense at? Is it? <laughs> I just hope it talks. I hope it has a really annoying high-pitched nasally voice. Like, oh, what's that He-Man in the Masters of the Universe? Skeletor? Sidekick? Oh, the sidekick? No, I don't know. Skeletor. You've, you've um, or, reached the or end of something. my knowledge of He-Man characters. Ooh. Um. Hey, so is, are, are He-Man and She-Ra just Hercules and uh, Xena Warrior Princess, but in cartoon form? No, no, it's totally different. Oh, okay. It's super different. Um. What's one difference? Uh, for one thing, He-Man transforms into He-Man with a sword. Hercules is constantly that buff. Really? What is He-Man when he doesn't have the sword? He's a he's a wimpy prince guy. Really? By the power of Grayskull, he holds up his sword. He's like, by the power of Grayskull! And then he's like, I'm He-Man! <laughs> oh. So you're, uh, maybe that's the wimpy sidekick you're thinking of. No, 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 no. It's, it's, oh, this is really bothersome to me. All right. Uh, well, we'll have it in the show notes. Um, nope. Nope, we won't. One more. Name, Orko! Orko! Fantastic. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Fantastic. Still okay. fantastic. Right under the wire. Right under the wire. So, the, the, uh, the Auto Man cursor, or the Odo cursor, as we might want to call it. Um, Orko. Orko. Still don't care. Um, is, it's important. <laughs> it's it's actually an example of a 3D cursor, which is actually used um, in 3D CAD modeling programs, uh, mm. which is kind of cool. It's just that it, it, it's cool. if, if we have abstracted cursors to the point where we just think of like, yeah, it's a way to show where your focus will be when you cause an interaction to happen. This is where it will happen. Um, then, yeah, it makes sense to have a floating polyhedron moving around your 3D model. And then, you know, it, it looks like a twisty thing and you go, oh, I'll twist it now when I move it. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, have you used the 3D cursor in like an AutoCAD program before? No, my, my AutoCAD uh, experience is pretty limited. I haven't done a lot of 3D modeling. I have used it specifically for like viewing AutoCAD programs and like being like, okay, where does this pipe go? Okay, it's about this long. All right, there's probably oh, this yeah. much pressure loss through it. Um, so I've used it for that purpose before and it's really weird to like add an extra dimension to cursor dumb. It's... I feel that it is not intuitive, but I can't think of a better way to do it than the polyhedron <laughs> cursor. Well, that's what's interesting. So it makes me wonder how we, I imagine our, the way we interact with real space is, is much more complex than your eyes kind of finding a focal point and then, you know, your hand turning into a, uh, a blinking cursor. <laughs> ready, yeah. ready, ready. Um, but yeah, it makes me wonder, you know, how we solve that problem of it being unintuitive to work in three-dimensional space. I guess on a screen, so that's already kind of weird. You know, I, I think yeah. what people really want is, you know, the the Iron Man hologram or something where you kind of like flick it up and then move it around. In which case, the cursor truly will be your hands if we ever have 3D holograms like that. Yeah, no, I think so. And I mean, with the with the table that they used to be touting around, but now has completely disappeared, like your your hand was the cursor. It's a mystery. I wonder what. But I mean, you lose the ability to, like, if there's a jam or something, you use the ability to make your hands disappear. Yeah, unless they unless they try to get that in there anyway. Again, terrifying. <laughs> terrifying future. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So one last thing before we go, there is a final type of cursor. Well, earlier, I said there were two types of cursors, and uh, I'm afraid if we don't mention this, people will think the two types of cursors are mouse pointers and auto man sidekicks. So. <laughs> <laughs> The actual fair concern. The third type of cursor is a text cursor, which is the original cursor, right? It's because you know we didn't used to have mouses um, invented at uh, Xerox Park uh, in nineteen eighty ish or something. Um, so, uh, the, you know, the original cursor was it's either an underscore, you know, like when you're working on like a command prompt, and it's just like it, they can't they can't display things in between characters, so it's either an underscore mm -hmm. or a flashing block. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess you do the flashing just to show that, like, yeah, yeah, we're still alive. Don't worry, we're still going. And then, uh, well, if you um, the flashing stops if you hit. Oh, what is it? Well, I don't know. There's one of the the keys. You have a PC. The one of the six keys in the upper right hand corner that are like delete, insert. Oh yeah, so insert does um, if you're working in uh certain text programs. Uh, and you hit insert, it changes it into, from a, um, a line cursor, you know, that's mm -hmm. sort of typical with an eye bar thing, uh, it changes yeah. that into a block to show that you're going to rewrite the thing that you're over instead of you're going to insert in between. Oh yeah. But that flashes too. Yes. Also flashes. Yeah. Although it's interesting. And I didn't realize this until I was reading about it. And then I had to open up notepad and check it out was, uh, while you type, it stops flashing because things are already moving and what it doesn't want to have happen is it blinks and then moves and then reappears somewhere else because that will ruin your uh, object persistence. <laughs> and yeah. Everyone but babies no, would be very confused. It flashes so that it, it draws your attention to it so you know where you are quickly. Well, I think that's part of it as well. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just attuned to it, but I feel like, you know, cursors, pretty good design, pretty good, uh, human interaction stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's changed very, like, so much of technology has changed and the way we use it has mm -hmm. changed a lot in, like, the past 10 years or so, or even 20 years. Um, but, like, the cursor has remained relatively unchanged unless you count, like, shift to more surface and iPad y type things. 
um, which I'm still not totally sold on, but maybe I'm an old fuddy daddy. Once again, your hands are the cursor. Yeah, no, they're worse. They're definitely worse. And I think it is because you lose a lot of that. We've had to rethink a lot of those little tips and tricks about like, we're waiting now, or, hey, yeah. this is a spot you can click, or, yeah. you know, like you have to, you know, a button for a touch screen, you have to make it super button looking. Whereas, mm-hmm. uh, and a non-touch screen, you could just have the mouse change when it gets over it and be like, oh, this is clickable. Cool. It's like the strong bad emails. How would strong bad emails work without your mouse cursor changing? Do you remember this? What is, no, what is that? Oh, did you remember the, the animated flash animated series popular in the early 2000s called Homestar Runner? Uh, I do, yes. So there was a subsection of those called strong bad emails where he answered emails. And um, because there were flash animations, they could actually be interactive. So mostly it was a video. But if you clicked on certain parts of the screen at certain times, it would cause a thing to happen. Um and the way you could tell is you obsessively move your mouse back and forth over the screen to see when it, the cursor changes to a button, and then you click it. Wow, that's really dedicated fans. And it would never, ever work uh, with touchscreens. Aw. Yeah, so I don't know. I think I think you've really hit on something. I think we, we have to rethink a lot of that, which is probably one of the reasons that you and I find touchscreens frustrating. I mean, I think there's more yeah, to it. But... It's, it's trying to trick us into this is real life, but we have to remember that this isn't real this life and have the waiting life. screen with your loved ones waving goodbye to you. <laughs> We're fading away. <laughs> Every moment we die a little more. <laughs> and so do you. Well, on that cheery note, let us bring this fine episode of the Doom to Fail podcast to a close. Any any old business? Any new business? Get, get, how's your um, business? I don't know. Business is good. All right. Business is good. Well, we love to hear that. In the meantime, uh, I'll, I'm going to try to get my business up to the par of your business. And uh, All right. While we do that, we'll see you next week. Please come back. And... That sounded desperate. Anyway, that's Catherine Kogut over there. Or don't, whatever. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Playing it chill. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.